Stephen C. Productions. I grew up in an abusive household. So horror kind of was that escape for me where I was able to watch a scary movie when I was a kid. And I was able to understand that I'm not alone in feeling pain like that. So it grabbed me and pulled me in and I suddenly didn't feel alone. So that's, that's a big part of what horror is for me. It's, it's, you know, uh, a solidarity in, in pain. You're listening to Talking From Experience. If you're an experienced listener, welcome back. And if you didn't know, you better learn. My name is Steven and I am your host. On Talking From Experience, I have casual, insightful, and entertaining conversations with community leaders, creative minds, and other interesting people from diverse facets of society. My goal with every conversation is to help you understand the world through their experiences. Today, my guest is Charlie Osborne. Charlie is a photographer, filmmaker, and as of recently, a podcaster. His show, Conjuring Oddities, features himself narrating some of the scariest stories on the internet. We'll be talking about his inspiration for starting his podcast, horror as a genre, podcasting in general, and so much more. I know this episode is a little late, but I promise you, you did not wait in vain. Let's get it. Did you just start doing the, the creepypasta? Yeah, so I li- it was literally, I'd say four weeks ago. No, let me go back a little bit farther. Um, my, my girlfriend had been talking to me about my voice, and I can't stand the sound of my own voice. <laughs> I'd rather listen to an animal vomit than my own voice. So I've never considered doing anything like this. And she kind of harped on it a bit and was like, you have a great voice for this. Just do it. Give it a shot. See what happens. So finally I buckled and I was like, all right, fine, I'll do it. And I enjoyed doing it. So I just kept doing it. And that was it. I bought this microphone like 30 days ago. That's really cool. What kind of mic? A Shure MV7. Okay. Yeah, that's the one. (laughs) That's the one everyone gets. (laughs) How long did you say you've been podcasting? So I started in, I want to say, 2021. Okay. Yeah, where I produced my first podcast. And it's funny because my very first one was a horror narration podcast. Nice. But I, I did more um, allegedly true stories. Oh, okay. Yeah, I wanted to get it. You know what? I was considering doing like true crime stuff, but then I thought like, what are the legal implications there? Like, I don't want to get sued by a family who, you know, I put out a story and they're like, this didn't actually happen. You can't say (laughs) these things about us, you know? Well, it wasn't, it wasn't true crime. It was more uh, allegedly true, uh, like paranormal stuff. Oh, oh, gotcha. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I saw a werewolf or, you know what I mean? (laughs) Horror is my favorite thing in the world. Well, that's not really true. The beach is my favorite thing in the world, but horror is a very close second. And I grew up with horror. I've been around horror my whole life. I love it so much. It's the reason why I went to film school. It's the reason why I do what I'm doing now. And I am such a skeptic when it comes to literally everything. (laughs) Everything. I I am the skeptic of skeptics. (laughs) It's, It's really strange to be in my brain and love the things that I do. So you've never had like an actual like experience where it was like that was weird like i have no explanation for that no honestly i haven't and every time something like that occurs i go out of my way to find out why it happened and i'm always able to find out why it happened and it's just it it crushes me a little bit because i want that experience (laughs) i want to be a believer so bad 
when my brain goes into figure it out mode, it doesn't stop. I can't sleep. It's all I can think about. And it doesn't, I mean, until my brain forces me to think about something else, of course, because, you know, ADHD, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, the uh, the fun that is ADHD or not. Yeah, actually, my wife the other day sent me a video of uh, like what it's like in the mind of someone with ADHD. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> I can tell you that I know it's it's different for certain people and, you know, it's definitely not the same thing for everyone. But um, when it comes to my form of it, I guess I'll call it constantly in my head, there's dialogue between multiple, multiple people. They're all me, of course. I'm not it's not like I'm hearing voices, but there will be 30 of me in my head at a time all talking together about different things. And focus is almost impossible a lot of the time and you have to find things that will cause you to focus and a lot of time it's just a rise in dopamine that causes you to focus which is part of the reason why everyone that talks about adhd kind of jumps right to the oh well you jump from this thing to this thing to this thing to the next thing and it's just because you're you're looking for that release of dopamine that causes you to want to do the next thing and once you start doing that next thing eventually it kind of just like fizzles out a little bit and you're not getting quite as much and suddenly your brain is like oh well you can't do this anymore you got to move on to the next thing and then the next thing so even doing the podcast i don't and don't get me wrong i love doing it it's so much fun but though there are times while i'm recording or while i'm editing that i'm just like oh god I just i don't want to do this anymore i gotta move on to the next thing i gotta move on to the next thing so I, you have to force yourself to to continue and move on and that's been my entire life as far back as i can remember well wow. Yeah. And is it like, does everyone have ADHD from, from the beginning or is that sometimes something that can like show up later in life? As far as I know, um, you're born with it. Um, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I believe there's, there's some discussion, uh, there, there's a little wiggle room there as far as the discussions that are happening right now. Uh, but I believe you're born with it. I wasn't diagnosed with it until maybe two years ago. So my entire life, everyone thought I was just either really lazy or stupid. <laughs> so I mean, I'm pretty sure, like, if this is this has been happening since like the beginning of humankind, like back then, I feel like it was probably almost a superpower, right? Those were the people that survived because you're paying attention to like everything around you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're you're gonna notice that that lion in the in the bushes. <laughs> I'll tell you though, sometimes it makes it hard to pay attention to everything around you because mm. you've got so much going on in your head. Like there are things that my brain will laser focus on. Um, like when I'm out, I will be aware of every single human being around me knowing that, you know, what's going on around me. But while I'm home, like just yesterday, I put, uh, uh, what was it? Uh, garlic salt, like a, a plastic container of garlic salt in the fridge because it, I just wasn't thinking and I just put it away and i've put my own i've put this is a big thing with people with adhd and it's it's kind of funny to me anyway but i put my keys in the fridge a lot <laughs> <laughs> just because i'm putting things away everywhere and i'll pull my keys out of my pocket rather than hanging them on the wall i'll throw them in the fridge and then the next day not be able to find my keys anywhere until i go for like you know uh, a bottle of water see my keys sitting there in the fridge next to the mayo <laughs> And another really interesting thing, <clears throat> I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to turn this into the ADHD show or anything like that, but, <laughs> uh, caffeine, you know, obviously caffeine gives everyone a, a, a bit of pep or some people, it just makes them, you know, feel super wired and crazy. 
I when I when I take caffeine and it actually relaxes the hell out of me i i can fall asleep after drinking like four cups of coffee yeah i was actually listening to somebody talk about that on a podcast the other day and saying that uh the reason that that is is because caffeine causes your uh, pupils to dilate mm. which funny enough it narrows your field of vision therefore allowing you to focus on uh, more on, on certain things and help you block out those other those those other things around you, yeah. and that the effect they would have on ADHD is like yeah, like there's less things in your field of vision, so mm-hmm. you're able to focus, and then it gives your your mind like a break. Honestly, that's that's one of the things that I love about doing the podcast. It gives me that thing to focus on, especially in the moment. Because if I'm sitting here with my head in this in this uh, sound booth box, whatever you call it. Um, it kind of, especially the the sounds from the outside world, it all it, it shuts it all down, and it allows me to laser focus on the thing that's making me happy at the moment. Um, I do I do get, I I worry about what's going to happen once it's not, and how hard it's going to be for me to push through that plateau and and continue on doing it. Um, I mean, I know I can because I've done it before <clears throat> with other things, so. It, it does. It's not concerning to me in that. Oh no, I'm going to quit. It's concerning to me in that. What is? How is it going to affect other things in my life while I push through this? So that's um that's something. But I mean, as of as of right now, the podcast is great. It, it's it's been helping a lot with everything. As in general, horror has in my life through throughout the majority of it. Just always being able to go back to and it's it's. I don't know if it sounds silly or not, but. When it comes to horror movies, books, uh, short stories, anything, anything involving horror, there's a, a a huge comfort in it for me. And I, I like I said earlier, I grew up around it. I, I grew up with it. It's always been a big part of my life. And as far as film goes, it's been the biggest part of my life. It just keeps me I'm, I'm happy, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I like to think of it like, you know, at least I'm not going through what they're going through. <laughs> honestly the, and so here, here's the funny thing about that that's really um so my childhood was um less than well it was less than um i grew up in an abusive household and so horror kind of was that escape for me where i was able to watch a scary movie and when i was a kid and I was able to understand that I'm not alone in feeling pain like that. So it kind of just, it, it grabbed me and pulled me in and I suddenly didn't feel alone. So that's, that's a big part of what horror is for me. It's, it's, you know, a, a solidarity in, in pain. And <clears throat> that's always been really comforting to me as well. And I, I saw my first horror movie and when I was, uh, probably around five years old, I saw Child's Play. I don't know if you're, I don't know if you've seen it or not. But that is not a movie that a five year old should be watching. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then after that, I, I couldn't. I was hooked after seeing that for the first time. And I would sneak out of my bedroom at night to go watch like Tales from the Crypt, <laughs> which is again is a show that a five, six, seven year old should not be watching. <laughs> Well, they, they made an uh, animated adaptation of it. Which is probably my favorite cartoon ever. Um, no joke. I love it. Yeah, that that was really cool. I remember watching that. I thought, this is so cool. I have every episode on my computer. Wow. So, <laughs> yeah. I, um, 
it gave me uh, almost like a sense of community because of the fact that other people suffered like I was suffering, you know? And I'm not saying like I was being thrown out of windows or stabbed by machetes or whatever, but, you know, abuse is different for everyone and how they handle it and and how they they move on from it. So being able to experience horror at the time that I did and in the way that I did, for me anyway, it was very healthy and it pushed me to want to to be in that world uh, which led me to going to film school horror is the reason i went to film school and it it made me want to create it it made me a more creative person yeah i think uh what you saw was the relatability right like you saw the the fear in in people and and then wanting to get away and you know what i mean you were like you know this is this is something i can relate to yeah of course um it's interesting because of how different it is for everyone. But at the same time, you know, if I experience fear, it probably feels similar to someone else experiencing fear, but what's causing that fear is it could be different. Like someone, you know, it it could be anything from someone being afraid of uh, spiders to someone being afraid of a, a serial killer. Obviously spiders and serial killers are very different. Like that's one side of the spectrum to the other but it could cause the exact same fear in someone. And at the same time, those people are experiencing those fears in very different ways. It's just, there's so much, like I'm, I am the farthest thing from a therapist that you could possibly get, (laughs) but it's just super interesting to me. Fear in general is incredibly interesting to me. I actually, I knew someone who, um, and actually this isn't the only person I've heard say this, but I've heard people say that, um, I'm going to paraphrase because I don't remember exactly how they said it but they they said that fear isn't real essentially they they said that fear is something that is uh more it's a tool that you should use more than anything else that it it doesn't actually exist and you can take that feeling and turn it into whatever you want it to to be and use it for to to better things like happen they kind of said that it's different than like happiness or sadness that the fear is something that you can mold into another thing and use it. Whereas happiness, if you're happy, you want it, you want to be happy. It is, it, it is useful as its own thing. And even sadness is, is useful as its own thing because you can get out emotion and you can, you know, you know, calm yourself or, you know, however you would work that out. But fear on the other hand, you can you can change it you can mold it you can you can uh swap it out for other feelings and you can turn it into something that is useful in its own way i guess i i don't know if any of that made sense but it, it, when they said it to me it made perfect sense and it's kind of how i've looked at fear uh since then and it it's fear has become uh it's it's become something that I've used to better my life. Right. Like, I mean, you said you said it yourself earlier. You go into figure it out mode. Yeah, right. Yeah. And that's how it works out for me. If I'm if I'm fearful of something, I try to figure it out and it's it makes it it makes it easier for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, that's something I've always told people, too. It's like, you know, it's something that you don't like that you're not comfortable with. And um, I mean, it's it's up to it's up to you, like to change it you know right yeah yeah yeah, for sure 
So who were you, who was your uh, inspiration for the creepy pasta? Like, did you listen to any any big uh, YouTube channels or podcasts? Yeah. So um, I think the first the first uh, creepy pasta podcast I ever listened to was uh, I think it's Creeps McPasta, and then um, it, I believe he's this British guy. I don't I don't know his real name. I don't know if anyone knows his real name, but uh, he's he's pretty big. And then there's um, let's read, which is a great podcast who does, uh, horror, horror stories and creepypasta. Um, and then there's corpse husband, who I think is probably the biggest out of all of them I'm getting deals like crazy. As far as I know, I feel so strange about the idea of people looking for my voice to listen to. It's, it's an incredibly foreign concept to me because even when I, so when I started out in wanting to work in film, my idea was be an actor, you know, get, you know, go to auditions. And I lived in Jersey, so I was able to just hop over the water to New York to go to auditions whenever I want, which I did. And when, when I was doing that, I was still young. I think I was 18 when I started doing that. And I didn't really think about any of the like, Oh God, what if someone sees you? What if someone makes fun of you? What, you know, anything like that? Cause I was a kid and I was really excited about it. So once I, I got a little older, maybe, maybe a year or two later. And I thought to myself, what are you doing? You're putting yourself out there like this for people to see you. And, and that's weird. Like you're not an actor. You can't do that. So that's when I started to think, okay, maybe working behind the scenes would be even better. And I decided, that's when I decided to go to film school and I moved out to California, went to film school, learned a lot, met some really cool people. And then came back to went back to Jersey and got a job as a photographer. So where life takes you is weird. Um, but bringing me back to now, I I think about that and how I was worried about what I looked like and and who was seeing me and acting in front of strangers. And it's it's the exact same thing that's happening now when I'm talking. I'm thinking about people listening to me, people, you know, judging my voice, people thinking it's terrible. And I think it's terrible. I think I have one of the most grating voices I've ever heard. It is awful to me. And I, it's just so bad. And the, the idea that other people that I might, I might be making other people listen to it is really tough for me to, to, to wrap my mind around but I'm, I'm just kind of took the leap and listened to the people around me that love me and care about me and decided, okay, well, they're not lying to me. So I'm going to do it and just see what happens. But yeah, my voice, I don't understand how people enjoy listening to my voice. It doesn't make sense to me. What's funny is that when I did mine, I actually used the pitch shifter uh, on my voice. Oh, really? Yeah. So I was like, my voice sounded way deeper than it is. And oh, okay. it, it was just uh, uh, really me, kind of the same thing. Like I didn't want people to hear my actual voice, and uh, yeah. But I, I feel like it it really added to the <laughs> to the soundscape of things, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't change the pitch of my voice or anything like that when I'm recording. I don't, I don't really change much. I just clean up the sound a little bit, like the clicks and pops and some static, and that that's really all I do because I don't know anything about sound editing. I know nothing about sound editing. Uh, everything I know, I, I taught myself in about a week using YouTube to clean up anything in Audacity. So, yeah, Audacity is a pretty strong. Uh, it's a pretty powerful 
program. <laughs> I like it a lot. There's so much you can do with that with that program, but I don't understand most of it. So I just try to keep it as basic as possible. Yeah, I mean that, that's the that's the better thing to do. Like as an audio editor, like the yeah the least you uh, you want to put in the least amount of uh, of like actually tampering with the audio because it, and then it just it just increases the work and I mean it it makes it sound less uh, less authentic. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Not like video editing where the, the more you get to edit, the more fun it is. <laughs> I could sit there and edit a two minute short for days weeks even and just find everything to change and then i'll change it and then i'll be like well you know what maybe that'll look a little bit better than this or maybe that'll flow a little bit better than this and i get lost in it <laughs> to an unhealthy degree it's it's wild i video editing is one of my favorite things in the world to do and that's something else that i would like to eventually get into is not just narrating these stories but actually shooting video to go along with them because right now on youtube i'm putting like stock video behind the stories just to kind of give some sort of visual behind them so people on youtube will still watch um so to get the views or whatever but i uh i would like to eventually shoot my own to put behind the the narration yeah that's um that's really uh something that i never got into I, i never even posted on youtube i just stayed on the in the podcast realm and yeah. that's because uh same thing like my video skills are not the best <laughs> i was gotcha. just like you know what i'm not even gonna bother so what i did was uh, i would just do like uh like background like noise okay my episodes would be related around the theme so like the first episode was like uh strange occurrences on uh u.s highways Okay, cool. So the whole, the entire episode was a recording of like a car. Like it sounds like you're in a car. Nice. And you hear the engine and the tires going down the road. Yeah. And yeah. That's good though. I mean, people love that. Man, I tried doing that with mine and I just couldn't figure it out. I couldn't get the levels right. I couldn't figure out the right sounds to put in the right places. I just, I was so bad. So I was like, you know what? I'm just giving my voice. The, I'm done with it. I'm not even going to bother with the extra sound. I can't do it. It, it it takes a skill to to do that that i don't possess so i just kind of was like all right well i mean you know i i think I, I, people are be all right with just my voice i guess they don't need the extras and uh, we'll see what happens so that's what i did <laughs> yeah and, and it's really a personal preference like um sometimes i'm like i i just want the voice like i think uh let's read does a real good job of of not doing any any sound effects and stuff and uh what is it i think it's darkness prevails <laughs> sometimes he'll put an effect on his voice and it catches me off guard because <laughs> oh really yeah because yeah, he'll be talking like normal and then he'll do the he'll do the sound effect for whatever it is the person's describing and then it's like this deep guttural noise and i'm like oh shoot like i'm trying to go to sleep right now <laughs> hold on <laughs> one thing <laughs> right one thing that always throws me off when i listen to other other narration podcasts is when it's a, a male doing the podcast and they try to do uh, what they feel is a quote unquote female voice. And that always throws me. It never, it never lands with me. I don't, I can't get into it. It, it takes me completely out of the story when they do it. That's <laughs> rough. Yeah, um, I saw somebody leave a comment on let's read uh, one of let's read videos. And he's like, yeah, it's so funny. He's like, he's, he starts out the story. I'm a 13 year old girl. <laughs> 
Yeah, I can appreciate it though. Him him sticking to his guns on using just his voice even to say stuff like that. Like I appreciate that because if he tried to sound like what he believes a 13-year-old girl sounds like, I wouldn't be able to listen to it. That'd be tough for me. Yeah. <laughs> With my podcast, I just try to be as naturally me as possible. Just because I know that if I try to put on like an act or a show or or something like that, or I try to change my voice in some way, I know that eventually that's going to get old for me and I'm not going to be able to continue doing it. And I want to continue doing this for as long as I can. So I tried to make it as easy as I possibly could for myself to do that. And by me just talking and not having to do much in the editing, that is how I, I kind of cemented the the possibility for me to continue doing it. Because I, I knew I know myself well enough to know that if I was doing a voice or acting or something like that, there's no part of me that would would be able to continue going for very long. I think that's the one of the beautiful things about podcasting is, um, I mean, you can be yourself. Like, I mean, it's uh, it's preferred to be genuine. You know, I've read that. Yeah, yeah. So even with the with the one I was doing with the pitch shifter, like that's that's really all I was doing to my voice was pitching down the yeah a couple semitones and sounding a little deeper. But mm -hmm. like when I was reading, I wasn't doing any anything anything special with my intonations or something. I was just reading. Right. And um I mean people seem to like it. Uh, I just, I think I'm going to I'm going to try my best to to start that up again cuz literally I only did 3 episodes and uh, Yeah, for sure. I, I still got people to this day telling me like dude, you got to make more. Like those were really good. Yeah. Yeah, go for it. You should. You definitely should. I feel like there's probably enough room out there for as many people that want to do this as possible. So go for it for a hundred percent. Yeah, that's another thing about the podcasting community. Like, it's not a scarcity mindset, you know. Yeah, it, it's everyone. Well, I, I, I can't really say everyone, but a lot of people, you know, they don't really see it as competition. You know, it's like let's help each other out. Like this is a a collaborative space. Like there's room, there's room for everybody. You know. <laughs> Right. And I've, I've noticed that I'm, I went a little crazy and joined like 150 Facebook groups for podcasting just to kind of get a feel of what the, the universe is like. And everyone has been so helpful, especially in the groups where like they're, you're trying to match up guests with shows. Everyone has been super helpful. And a big part of the reason why I feel like podcasting is very different from other platforms or other media types is because you could have 70 podcasters that have the same story. Each one of them is going to sound different. Right. You and I could put out an episode of the exact same show, but we're going to both sound different. And depending on who on the sound of that person's voice might attract other people that the other show might not attract. So it, that to me is why it feels like it's such a, a, a it's so different than any other media or or platform or anything like that and i think that's that's really incredible yeah man even uh even some of the voice like you j just uh maybe their their character or something like that like i listen to a couple podcasters that's like they don't have the best voice like <laughs> mm -hmm. i listen to uh steve-o from from jackass oh yeah oh my gosh man his voice is not the best voice but right. he's he i mean i like a lot of his guests he he creates good content. He's a good storyteller. Yeah. And uh, like I can get past that, you know, <laughs> like I'm supporting, I'm supporting him, you know? Right. Yeah. I, I, su I subscribe to his show too. Yeah. It's great. I agree with you. It, it, it there are so many different little things about 
any given show that you might love, you might not like, but if it if it all comes together in some way, then you're going to attract people. It, it, so it seems anyway. And there, what, there are almost 8 billion people in the world. Like, you know, someone's going to listen to you. Someone's going to like to hear your voice or what you have to say or how you say it. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's still, that's still strange to me. Like, uh, especially doing this show, like I'm, I'm using my natural voice, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, sometimes I don't have an outline and it's just like, you know, I, I still get hit up by people like, oh, that was a great show. Like that was a great guest. And I'm like, oh man, you guys sat there and listened to me for 40 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Kind of fumble I, around. I, <laughs> I get it. I actually had someone reach out to me on on YouTube. I had posted uh, I, the podcast on YouTube. It was the second one, I believe. And they said something along the lines of, this is great. You have a great voice. Like, you know, let me know when the next one's going to be posted. And I had, that was my second podcast. And I was like, someone actually liked that enough to comment that they want to hear another one? What? <laughs> that was mind-blowing i think a lot of uh a lot of people who who end up doing some type of creative work like it's our own self-doubt yeah and it's when you're in the mind of a creator you have all these uh at least for me like i have all these people that that i look up to that i admire who mm -hmm. do the same thing and i'm just like i'll never be at that level like you know i'm lucky if i get one person <laughs> to listen right. and uh you know, and then you get other people telling you like, oh, you're doing a good job. And it's almost like uh, I I, uh, I automatically start to compare like, yeah, but I'm not this person or that person. Right. And I have to remind myself that like, you know, I can't try to be exactly like them because they're already doing that. You know? Right. Yeah. And I mean, at the, I, I'm a firm believer in those people that we're not. We're also at a point at, at some time in the position where. They were saying the exact same thing. Well, I'm not that person, so I can't compare myself to that person. I'll never be that person. And those are the people that we look at and we're like, we'll never be that person. You know what I mean? So everyone starts somewhere, right? And I think I, the other thing is, I think it's super important to keep moving forward. It, consistency, it seems, is probably the most important thing when it comes to any of this stuff. Just be consistent. And eventually something will happen as long as, you know, you're, you're not, I guess, uh, as long as you're not putting, putting something up, that's just like downright awful in the way that maybe it's hateful or just, you know, I don't know, something that people really would not care to listen to. I feel like, you know, there, there's an audience for everyone in some way or another. We stand on the shoulders of the ones that came before us. Like right. I heard uh, my wife was listening, uh, was listening in on something I was listening to. And she goes, man, like though those people, they sound so confident and <laughs> and like they're so sure in what they're saying. I'm like, yeah, but they've also been doing it for like 10, 15 years. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean, like it's uh, it's just that that practice, that consistency, like this is their full time job now. Right. You know? <laughs> and it's like it, it kind of. It, it's just years of experience and. I'm just you know hoping to to get to that level even even in the experience. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the dream. I got that. Um yeah, I don't know. I, I it for me that seems so far off just because I I started so recently just having three episodes up and not really having a full grasp on how to even do everything yet. 
And I, I don't know if I'll ever have a full grasp on it. I mean, the people that have been doing it for 10 or 15 years, do they have a full grasp on it? Who knows? Um, I think because stuff like this grows and changes so often that if you're not willing to grow and change with it and learn everything, you get left in the wayside and forgotten about. Yeah, and I think it's it's about learning and growing to what pertains to you. Like there's there might be some aspect of this that, you know, it doesn't apply to to what you're trying to do. You know what I mean? That's a good point, yeah. So it's like, it's not, you don't have to learn everything. Just learn everything that's going to make your right. job easier. Like your experience <laughs> doing this fun, you know? Yeah, yeah. I feel like once it stops becoming fun, then then you've lost the whole point of doing it. Oh, yeah, 100%. And it's funny because, so I don't know if you're familiar with the Clapper app. It's, it sounds like an STD when I say it out <laughs> loud. But um, so it's like TikTok. Um, they, they launched, uh, I want to say, three, four years ago. Um, and I found them early on. And it's literally just a clone of TikTok. But I wound up posting videos on there <clears throat> because I was not on TikTok at that point. And I wound up posting videos on there. I, I wound up with around, I have now around 80,000 followers. I think I just went over 80,000 followers on that app uh, maybe a couple of months ago. And I just post, I was posting stupid videos. I was like making ramen with like weird liquids, like making ramen <laughs> with like Diet Coke and stuff like that. And people loved it. And it was fun for me <clears throat> to do it. So I just kept doing it and kept getting followers and comments. And like everyone was, you know, I, I wound up with like actual fans who were there. So on Clapper, there's this thing called uh, Clapper Fam where people can kind of like donate money to your cause your cause being your show and so that you can build the the show more and more and i actually had people sign up and were like paying me monthly to do this and it, it was wild to me that people liked what i was doing so much that they were willing to like invest in the show and i got to a point where it just became kind of redundant for me and i was getting bored with it and not enjoying it <laughs> so i stopped well wow. i just couldn't keep going and I, and I told everyone, everyone that watched me from the beginning, I was like, I'm going to do this until I don't do it. And once I'm, once I'm bored with it or once it's not enjoyable for me, I'm done. <clears throat> Every dollar that, that they gave me went into the show, but, um, I, you know, I, I put out a video explaining my feelings towards it and talking to them and, and, you know, telling them that I wasn't done posting videos, but I'm done with that part of things because it wasn't genuine anymore. It wasn't fun for me. So it would just be me acting for the sake of, of doing it. And it would, it would eventually become garbage. And I didn't want to do that to the people that were invested in what I was doing. So I moved on and started doing other things and I'm still trying to find uh, my, my new niche in that. But I, I actually did recently start reposting um, or start posting new videos like that because I thought it would be fun to start again. And it is. It's It became fun. I, I really just wound up taking a little break and then came back and started doing the same videos and people are enjoying them and I'm enjoying it. Um, and then I have two TikTok accounts. One is that where I'm posting those videos as well. And then I have the Conjuring Oddities account to go along with the podcast. Um, which is a mishmash of just anything I could think to put up in regards to either horror or the podcast itself. And it is tough going on TikTok to gain traction of any kind. <laughs> it is not easy. 
Wow. People on there make it uh, make it seem so easy. <laughs> oh, man. It is. I can't imagine. You know what? Just knowing like behind the scenes, the amount of work I put into one video for it wow. to get like 200 views is like it's it's soul crushing sometimes. But got to get the name out there, I guess, somehow. Yeah. And also, um, I mean, how you were talking about earlier, it, it became just something that, that it was an act and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I believe it's called audience capture is oh, when okay. uh, you basically become a cartoon of yourself. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you let the audience take control of, of your life. Like you right. got people, uh, who's that guy? Uh, Nick Akato Avocado. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he started really just, uh, I think one of his first videos where that went viral was like vegan tries a burger for the first time in oh, 10 years or man. something like that. And then he just started taking suggestions from his audience, like, what else should I try? To to the yeah. point where he was just eating just massive amounts of garbage and you know upwards of three hundred pounds now. Oh yeah, I saw I saw I honestly I didn't know who he was until maybe a few months ago. I saw a video someone posted about him and how like how his life turned out and it was just it, it's terrifying to think about that. But I, I actually do that though. Like I'll give, I'll give my viewers the, the chance to suggest, but I, I kind of narrow it down so that it's still me doing what I'm doing. Like, so with the whole ramen thing, I'll cook. (laughs) I know it's silly, but people like it. So, you know, and it's fun for me. Um, I'll cook like, I don't know, uh, a packet of just like 25 cent ramen in like grape juice and then taste it. Um, so I'll give people the option to choose the next liquid that I cook it in. And I mean, I give like some guidance and I'm like, I'm not, I'm not cooking it in anything that I'm going to, that's going to cause me to go into anaphylactic shock. I'm not going to cook it in something that's going to poison me. I'm not going to cook it. Like I give them some guidelines, (laughs) right? Not going to cook it in bleach, (laughs) right? Yeah. I give them some guidelines and I'm like, and you know, let's see what we can come up with to make this fun. And that's, that's what is most important to me with that side of things is that it's fun. If it becomes unfun or not fun, then I'm done with it. And I don't want to do it anymore. So, but the, uh, the conjuring oddities podcast, that is something that it's a little bit different. I am just doing what I do and that's it. I, I don't, I don't see myself ever like letting viewers or listeners guide that really not in that way anyway um obviously i'll i'll look at analytics and stuff like that and try to figure out you know what's doing better what's doing worse because i still obviously you know without listeners what do you have you just have yourself talking and you're in a room about alone <laughs> so but i want i want people to listen to me because they like listening to me not because they like listening to what my listeners like listening to so that's that's where I stand on that. Yeah, it's it's wild because uh, even me, like, I still ask people like to to suggest like topics and guests and stuff like that. Yeah. But for the most part, like, you know, I, like I have people reaching out to me sometimes. It's, oh, can I be on the show? And I'm just like, oh, man, like, you know what what you're trying to talk about is not really like it doesn't interest yeah. me or, or stuff right. like that. And and it's difficult to to turn people down because at at the same time, it's almost like you want to be on my show, you know, <laughs> like right, you, want to, yeah. you want to talk to me, like, but, it, but also it's like, man, like I have to, I have to not, 
be like, ooh, I, I'll talk to anybody, you know, because then I'll end up talking to some crazy people, you know, talking about. It could be fun. <laughs> who knows what, you know? Yeah, and I've, I've actually, yeah. uh, I've actually talked to somebody about, you know, doing a doing a show where it's it's all like parody. You know? Oh, that's fun. Yeah, and I was like, I could probably do some some accents and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, do you, are you familiar with Comedy Bang Bang? That's yeah. another podcast I swear by. I love that show. It's 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 kind of it's similar to that. It's super fun show to watch. I've been watching that for a year or listening to watching. Actually, they did have a show for a little while on Netflix. It was not very good. It lasted a season, I think. Wow. But the the show on on uh, their their podcast is absolutely amazing. I would tell anyone to listen to that podcast. It's great. And it's a hundred percent comedy, which isn't normally my thing, but man, they got me right away. It just, the, the whole layout of the show is incredible. Yeah. Um, what's funny is when, especially doing this show, uh, I get a lot of requests for like, uh, what are they like lifestyle coach, mindset coach, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm like, Man, I made a joke one time. I was like, you know, I think I don't think that's a real job. <laughs> like, oh, no. like telling people that it's like all you have to do is change your mindset. You know, <laughs> I don't really understand the whole mindset coach thing. I get it. Like my my issue with that is if it was that easy to just change your mindset, wouldn't everyone just do that? You know, and I am a firm believer in therapy. I I think therapy, I think everyone should be in therapy. I don't care how happy you are, how well things are going for you. I think therapy is an amazing thing. Um, and it, I think it can help so many people as long as you have the right therapist. They're, not every therapist is right for everyone. Um, but I do believe that it is super, super helpful. I also understand that not everyone can afford it because it's ridiculously expensive. But Anyone that can afford it, I believe, even if you think your life is perfect, go to therapy. I I think it is probably one of the most helpful things that anyone can experience. And there should not be a stigma or shame around it, which there unfortunately is. Um, I don't know why, but there is. And I think that if more people were able to experience that, I honestly think the world would be a much happier, healthier place also there would be a lot less need for for the coaches that you're referring to though as well so they might be out of jobs (laughs) yeah and i mean i think that's the issue i have with it is that they're not really any kind of like mental health professional right like i Mm -hmm. feel like someone reaching out to like a mindset coach or a lifestyle coach yeah they 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 might be like some some deeper seated issues there that they need professional help from right and really what it is is that um these self-proclaimed coaches their degree comes from like another self-proclaimed proclaimed coach right. that they gave money to to take the course to become a coach and uh have you heard of a is a youtuber his name is coffeezilla have you heard of him no i haven't so he he dedicates his life to exposing these fake like motivational people oh wow and yeah and there's there's a lot of them like they 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 go on and they do a, what do they call it? Uh, I think they it's like influencer, mm-hmm. like uh, they, I think they call it lifestyle porn, <laughs> and and it's the it, it's the people that are like on Instagram, like guys. Last year I was broke, I was living on food stamps, and then oh. like in the background they have like the like the Ferrari and you know <laughs> yeah 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 they're, like surrounded by by just like women in bikinis and whatnot, right? 
And and they're like, guys, like if you sign up for my course right now, like I will teach you the secret to changing your mindset so that you can become as successful as I am. And really how they made all that money to rent that <laughs> Ferrari for the video was by <laughs> selling their course. <laughs> that's pretty great. I'm going to have to check that out because that's funny. But yeah, I mean, there, there are so many scams online. It, it's it's impossible to tell anymore what is a scam, wasn't what isn't a scam. I, I mean, and I, are you familiar with Ty Lopez? No, no. Okay, so Ty Lopez, as far as at least in my world, was the 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 first person to really pop with this type of thing. Um, he was he rented from what I understand. Let me not let me not say that i know that this is what happened but from what i understand and what i've read myself he um he rented a he rented a mansion he rented a few ferraris or lamborghinis or whatever and shot a couple of different youtube videos to then post as ads on youtube and and his own little videos and he went through this like 10-step process on how to make what he's made and do what he does the 10 step process was it, it was nothing it was literally i watched the in the ad i watched the 10 step process out of curiosity and it was it was nothing there it was pretty much leading to now if you buy my course i'll tell you how to really do it but the funny thing is he made almost all of his money starting out by selling at books from amazon as an amazon affiliate so many people watched his videos and then looked at his con not the comments but like the um like the little bio or whatever underneath the youtube video and there were uh, two or three books from an amazon affiliate link listed there and he he put like from what again from what i understand his whole life savings into making just these few uh youtube ads and then made every dollar he has in the beginning from those Amazon affiliate links by lying to people in these videos. And now he's doing Ted talks. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, a lot of the, a lot of the lifestyle people, like they do the exact same thing and it's always a, it's always a YouTube ad. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, they're like, if you click right now, like this is a live seminar, it's not really live. Like they have, they right. have fake like chat bots in a chat that you can actually type in to make it look like there's people there like watching <laughs> yeah watching the seminar and it's like that like you said like it's it's nothing the the advice they're they're saying is it's not really uh, going right. to help you with anything it's not giving insight into anything it's it's really just yeah. like you you got to get out there you know you got to put yourself uh, put your money where your mouth is <laughs> right yeah exactly and, 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 and the same thing on tiktok it's 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 just a little bit different now it's everyone on tiktok is this is how lazy people make money and then they show this like step-by-step -step, uh how to sell uh things on amazon or something like that and it's it, it's just i don't understand how these people sleep at night <laughs> but they they, this stuff just gets churned out and churned out. And unfortunately, there are so many people that have not either experienced it or have not been exposed to it enough to realize like what's happening. And then they go and try it and then they wind up spending like their savings on trying to do this and it fails miserably because the information they got was was false. And also, I would like to apologize to any of the Ty Lopez fans out there if I am wrong <laughs> about that. But that's what I've read about him. So don't come at me for that. I, I don't, I don't know. 
Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of those people, they just make their money off of the, off of the course they sell. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and it's really, really shady. I don't know. Me and my wife have this running joke where it's like, we'll stop and just be like, why do we have morals? Like, it would be so much easier if we just didn't care. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, why do we have to be good people? <laughs> it would make it would make life much easier. Right? We'd be <laughs> much more morals. successful, <laughs> at For least sure. monetarily. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I definitely think so. But yeah, that that's that's why I kind of I, I I lean more towards creating things that didn't already exist rather than trying to tell people how to create their own things because I, I don't I don't feel like let me let me step back. There are people that do that that are being genuine and are helpful. Of course, I I, I would never try to take away from those people, but. For me, it seems like the vast majority of people telling others how to live are in it to make a buck and don't actually care about those other people. That's the main reason why I chose the path that I did and want to create and add new things to the world for people to experience rather than tell people how to experience those things. Right. So hence the the whole podcast thing and me wanting to make short films and just it it's it's a creativity that i want to get out into the world whether someone wants to experience it or not but i love the idea of giving people the option of having some sort of outlet and not having like do this and pay for it so i can shove it down your throat and you'll get nothing from it and i think entertainment and i know a lot of people a lot of people disagree with this, but I think entertainment is literally one of the most important things in the world. And I think it's always, it always has been, it's always going to be because without happiness, what's the point, you know, and to be able to, even on a small scale, to be able to add some sort of, of enjoyment to someone's life is very meaningful to me. And I mean, I'm not a, a doctor. I'm not a scientist. I, I'm not going to cure cancer. I'm not going to save lives. I, so I want to add positivity to the world in a way you know what i mean like i want to leave this this planet having made someone or something better off than it was when when i was here and this is my way of of attempting to do that i think that that's what it's about like positivity right and you know it's funny because because yeah creating like horror content you know like some people from from an outside perspective who can't really relate they'll be like how are you adding positivity right telling the story about somebody who got eaten by a monster (laughs) (laughs) but it's like well it it like you said like it can help somebody like you know it's an escape or right it just uh encourage people to you know have a imagination you know it take you out of where you're at and Mm -hmm. put you in in this in this scenario and really like I, I guess show people that like you said you know you this is out out there right it's not <laughs> realistic but in a sense it's relatable right and you know really can make a difference in in some people and i think that's important i think i think it's important to be able to to do that for others um and not everyone can do it, and that's not a bad thing either. Uh, and I'm not even suggesting that I can do it. That's I, I'm not I'm not saying that, but it's something that I aspire to do. 
Um, I would love to hear back from people saying that, you know, I, I helped them in some way. And I mean, a, l- a little bit of that is selfish. I'm not going to, obviously, you know, it feels good. So I, I, I don't, I don't, I, I'd be hard pressed to find a good deed that isn't a little selfish at the very least, because anytime you do something good for someone else or something else, it feels, it feels good, which in, is inherently a little on the selfish side. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I want to help people. I want to make other people be able to forget about the bad for five minutes or 20 minutes or however long I can keep my voice going for. Um, and I think that because that's what my experience was with this genre of creativity, it makes it easier for me to help get it out there. And, and I would love, and even more than all of that, I would love to be a part of the reason why this community grows. I would love, and I, and, oh, I'm going to get flamed for this, but I want horror to be more mainstream and, and not in the way that I want I, necessarily that, you know, oh, they need to throw more money at it to make bigger productions and write better story, nothing like that. But I want more, I want as many people to love horror as possible. And I want it to get in, in front of the eyes and ears of, of as many people as possible. And yeah, that does require money. But like with the, I don't, have you seen Skinamarink? The horror, it came out not, not too long ago. It was just released a few weeks ago on um, Shudder, maybe. Um, and it, it is a very polarizing movie. Everyone either loved it or hate it, hated it. <laughs> and it's, it was, it was a very experimental film, which I thought was great. I, I genuinely liked the movie. And the main reason why I liked it is because they went so out, out of the box with it and tried something very new and got it on a major streaming platform that is not something that would have been able that that wouldn't have happened years ago. Right. But because more people are opening up to the idea that horror can be these new creative, like it's not just jump scares and ghosts, you know, people are opening up to the idea that it can be different and more creative. And that's what that movie means to me. It's, it's not like I watched it and thought it was a masterpiece or anything like that. It, it meant to me. And the reason why I loved it as much as I did is because it opens up doors for other people to be more creative. There, there are people out there that are going, that are, are thinking about making movies that might not because, Oh, it's too weird or, Oh, it's too new. No one's going to like this. This will never go anywhere. And seeing a movie like Skinamarink and that it did well and made it to a major streaming platform now gives those people the, a, a completely different outlook on it. And we, we could get masterpiece after masterpiece moving forward because of that. And that's, that's something that's incredibly exciting to me. Yeah, it's really cool that, that people are trying new things. Because for a while, like, I, I did not care for any new horror movie. Because yeah. I knew it was going to, you know, it's, it's all cookie cutter right. <laughs> horror. Like, oh, th- this is going to happen, then this and this and that. And, you know, it's, it's a classic trope. And it's just a different. And then... Uh, you know, I feel like people making horror, uh, like mainstream horror films, don't take it seriously. They see it as a cash grab. Mm-hmm. 
and you can really you can really sense that when you're in the when you're sitting in the theater and like you're ready to like oh cool a horror movie and then you watch it and it's just like i don't know there's something about it like it's not genuine you know right and i feel like people people catch on to that and uh like you said like hopefully hopefully there's a there's a new era right of horror that's going to come along and and i like like with all things you know there's there's always a new the new thing to try and and hopefully oh, people sure. are you know open up to it and are accepting because i like i i i live i grew up <laughs> watching horror too and yeah it's like some some movies where like this is crazy like how <laughs> one of my one of my favorite ones is uh, the hills have eyes sure oh incredible movie oh my goodness when i when i saw that for the first time i was like this is insane yeah um was it the the 2006 texas chainsaw massacre mm-hmm. that one that, that one was i think that was one of the first movies that i watched where like i actually had to cover my eyes <laughs> was that the remake with uh jessica beale I believe so. Yeah, yeah. That was a great remake. I, I'm not the biggest fan of remakes, but that was a, re- in my opinion, anyway, that was a really well done remake. Yeah, that that was a like I said, that was the first movie I saw. That was like I had to nice. I had to not look at something. I was like, <laughs> I was maybe like that came out 2006. I was probably like 12 or something, 11. Yeah. Wow, that's and, awesome. Uh, yeah, I was like, this is this is crazy. It made me like horror movies like a nice. whole lot more. It's probably one of the ones that. Like as far as movies go, it made me want to check out more. Because yeah. uh, what's interesting is a uh, some of my fondest memories as as a young kid was uh, with my with my grandpa. We used to stay up and listen to AM radio. Oh, that's awesome! <laughs> yeah, there was a show where people would call in and tell like ghost stories and, and stuff that they've experienced. That's cool. And so ever since a little kid, like that that was. That's something that I fondly remember, right? And like my grandpa, he's since passed. And like when I think about like some of my my favorite moments with him, it was like you know just staying up late and listening to these people on the radio telling that's telling stories. Yeah, and it's that's that's where that's where that came into my life. Like it wasn't anything graphic or anything. It was just mm-hmm. it was it, it was just it was a medium, right? That we we both uh, could be entertained by, and and you're just right. this, like older older gentleman and i'm like seven eight years old you know like how much can we have in common but (laughs) you know those are those are some of the nights where you know we would we would talk and like oh do you think that's real and you know i would have questions and stuff like that and Mm -hmm. like if it wasn't for for that genre right like (laughs) i probably wouldn't have those those memories like those specific memories horror bringing generations together for eternities yeah it's definitely yeah, it's awesome <laughs> i can't wait to show some of my favorite horror movies to my kids <laughs> of course yeah that makes sense that's awesome that's a really great story that makes me super happy <laughs> yeah and it, i mean I, I loved it right because it was it was just a guy like on the radio like it, it wasn't it wasn't high budget like <laughs> right right yeah i mean it, and a, a part of it is like the like that that's almost the essence of of like anything horror right mm-hmm. like it, it it it's uh the best stuff is like independent stuff like low For budget sure. stuff oh yeah my so my favorite horror movie it's a movie called as above so below um it's it's an exploration of the uh the catacombs in paris uh it's an incredible movie if you haven't seen it i highly recommend it all right it is absolutely i personally just i love that movie so much but 
up until I saw that movie, my favorite movie was The Evil Dead, the original Sam Raimi, low budget, just campy, silly horror movie. And I, I want to say he that movie was made on like fifty thousand dollars or something like that. It was like nothing, and it is one of the most influential horror, influential horror movies ever made. And it was, and I mean, look at look at Raimi now. I mean, he, he's directing major action movies from from Marvel. It's wild, but that that low budget, um, that feel, it, it's special for horror movies because it it makes you really work to create something that other people could easily put together if they had the the budget for it. And I think um, I hope anyway that that's something that never leaves this genre. That people continue to have to force themselves to be more and more creative because they're on a, a low budget or because they can't get the right crew. Because I mean, and unfortunately, it all comes back down to money. But I, I really I look forward to those movies probably more than anything else. The lower budget a horror movie is, the happier I am most of the time. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, I think it also it also forces the audience to really uh, focus less on on the effects or sure. or what have you, because you know, you you take yourself out of the what what you're actually what what's right in front of you and put yourself in in the circumstance. That's one of my favorite things. Yeah, like I mean, look at a a show like like South Park, right? The animation is not that great. Right. <laughs> Even some of the voice acting is not that great. But <laughs> but like the way they the way they put the story together, the way the the plot line advances and yeah. It, it it takes you out of that. Like you stop seeing you you stop seeing what what's right there at face right. value and really focus on on the story at hand and you you kind of the audience's imagination also also plays a huge part in that and that's that's what's awesome about about anything low budget right yeah of course it's it's incredible charlie thank you so much for doing this with me i had a lot of fun <laughs> yeah no this was great i can't wait to hear the show anyone that wants to find the podcast or the youtube channel or i have a newsletter where you can sign up to uh to get notifications of the show or any freebies that i'm doing which i plan on doing i really want to do some freebies just as like a thank you to the people that actually listen just kind of giveaways stuff like that um i don't have anything solid with that yet i'm working on it uh but it's just it's www.conjuringoddities.com and how i got that is beyond me I, the fact that that was an available domain name is still sort of <laughs> shocking to me but yeah, it's it's just www.conjuringoddities.com and that'll bring you to my links page where you can check out the podcast and Apple, Spotify, literally anywhere, and also the YouTube channel. All right, awesome. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Man, I really enjoyed this conversation. Charlie is an incredible podcast guest. There was so much of our conversation that didn't make it into the final cut of this episode partially due to some technical issues we were having at the beginning and because I would like to be respectful of your time. Even though the episode still went a little longer than usual, ConjuringOddities.com is where you can find everything related to his show and the link to that will be in the description. Be sure to go and listen to Conjuring Oddities and let him know you heard him on the show. If you enjoyed the show, please, please, please show your support by following on your favorite podcast player as well as Facebook and Instagram at TFXPod. 
and check this out. I'd really appreciate your help with growing the show. One of the easiest ways for you to do that is to leave an honest rating and review in whatever podcast player you're listening on. If you'd like to take it a step further, the best way for you to show your support is to share the show with your family, your friends, anybody who you think might enjoy the show as much as you do. And remember, actions speak louder than words, and talk is cheap. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye.